Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we are taping a special episode today. You may notice that we're wearing some accessories. You look very nice in your accessory, Landon. Yeah, a long sleeve <laughs> shirt and a, a Hawaiian lei always goes good. <laughs> you know what? We're in Utah. I'm wearing a Hawaiian lei, and I'm literally the most pasty white I've ever been in April in my entire life. So we're doing the best we can. <laughs> Anyway, we are filming this sort of bonus episode today to address something that's been very much discussed on social media and in certain circles, and that is a pivotal talk that was given by Brother Brad Wilcox. You're probably familiar with that name. If you're not, you can Google him. He gave the keynote address at the BYU-Idaho graduation on April 6th, and it was a very interesting speech that people are talking about. Landon, do you want to tell us a little more about that speech? Yeah, it was really a, a very unusual speech for a college graduation. A uh, couple things that stood out. First was uh, it was very uh, infantilized, uh, the, the talk itself. 39 seconds into the talk, we start talking about Disney and uh, The Lion King, uh, where he starts off talking about Mufasa, and that theme comes back in the talk a little bit later with Mufasa, and then it ends with a revised version of I Am a Child of God, that Brad Wilcox himself wrote the last verse. He seemed to be very proud of it, and he added that, and the entire congregation at the uh, graduation ceremony sang together I Am a Child of God with uh, these new words that he had created to represent the covenant children, the children of the covenant is what he added into it. Covenant. Yeah, so that seemed was, to be a theme of his talk. And it's very interesting that that would be, like you said, a college graduation, because think about the ages of the people at the graduation. Yeah, you've got, you know, these are people graduating. They're probably married. They're, you know, anywhere from 22 to 25, the average and yet, you know, we're singing I Am a Child of God and talking about the Lion King at graduation. It just seems so not quite at the university level that you would expect. It was almost at a primary level, it seemed like. Yeah. But uh, the main part of the talk that was really interesting, what we're here to focus on, is a talk that he, he made a comparison to a cruise ship. And maybe you can explain that a little bit more. Yeah, he, he gave this analogy, which really was the heart of his talk. And it's analogy, an analogy that he has used before. In fact, he's written a short story. I think that it like it's sold at Deseret Book, a little story about this. And it's the analogy of members of the church, covenant children, a cruise ship. We actually just felt like because it's being discussed so much in social media that we might just play a few clips from this and just kind of discuss it so you can understand what's going on or maybe not understand. We almost ourselves don't understand it, but it definitely bears discussion. That's right. So we want to get into this. We want to play it and uh, share it with everybody so that they can uh, see for themselves uh, how unusual <laughs> Uh, that this was. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start out the talk and I'll uh, share our screen here for everybody. Our mortal experience could be compared to God sending all his children on a cruise ship from one shore to another shore. The journey is filled with opportunities to learn, grow, be happy and progress, but it is also full of dangers. Dangers. 
Dangers, yes. We're clearly uh, going on a cruise is a very dangerous uh, undertaking, evidently. <laughs> I think the Titanic might have been the last cruise ship that sunk to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> well, maybe he's talking about other kinds of dangers, right? Dangers to your immortal soul, perhaps, is what he's discussing. But he definitely says that a cruise is a, is a he didn't really mention the word recreation. He said to learn to grow, and to perhaps navigate dangers. So this sounds very serious. Yes, it didn't. It doesn't sound like it's a fun uh, cruise. Yep. It uh, sounds a little more ominous. That's right. But let's go back. God loves all of his children and is concerned about their welfare. He does not want to lose any of them. So he invites those who are willing to become members of his crew. That's us, the children of the covenant. The Lord said, thou art my servant, O Israel. And that's, that is the, the meat of this analogy that we are trying to understand. Um, I mean, walk us through what happens when you go on a cruise, Landon. Well, typically you get to the cruise and you, you're all excited and you unload all your luggage and the porters come and they load it all up and you board and you go up on the deck and there's a party going on and you stand at the rail and you wave at everybody as the ship pulls out. But in this case, uh, it seems as if everyone showed up, all the passengers showed up at the, the terminal and then all of a sudden... They came out and started picking crew members out of the passengers <laughs> list. That's right. It looks like you're getting on the boat, like you said, all excited. And then suddenly a few of you are moved to the side and you're told, although you paid for this cruise, just like everybody else paid for the cruise, you're not going to experience the cruise in the same way as everybody else. You are actually, actually going to serve in the capacity of being a crew member, and not just a crew member, but the scripture that he quoted said that you are actually going to be a servant <laughs> while exactly. on this cruise. Yeah, it really makes no sense whatsoever, this analogy that you went to go on a cruise and all of a sudden you're part of the crew and you're a servant and now you're going to be cleaning the toilets and uh, all the other things that you're supposed to do with that. Uh, well, now that part sounds familiar, I think, for anybody that was, you know, raised in the church. The clean the toilet part, I can I can understand <laughs> that possibly. But, but you keep thinking, okay, he's going to go somewhere else and it's going to make sense. So to recap, we're on the cruise. We're told you're not going to be able to participate. You are a member of the crew. You are a servant. What else does he say? Well, so see. when we look around on this cruise ship called Earth and we see other people sitting in lounge chairs drinking, gambling in casinos and partying late into the night and wonder why we can't, we must remember who we are. We are not ordinary passengers. We accepted the invitation to be members of the crew. Oh, it's starting to make sense now. I see. I don't know if it's making sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that to sound intelligent. It doesn't make any sense to me either whatsoever. <laughs> what I find really interesting is notice what he said about what the passengers passengers are doing. What did he say they were doing? Yeah, he basically 
picked all the, what you, I guess the church would define as sinful things. He picked all of those out. They were gambling, they were drinking, they were staying out late. He didn't pick any of the fun things that the church, you know, church members go on cruises all the time and you all can go the to time. the shows, you can uh, go on the excursions, you get to do uh, lay out in the sun, you get to swim, you get to enjoy time as a family, you get to play games, you get to play shuffleboard, there's basketball, there's all kinds of fun things to do on the ship. Wholesome, wholesome activities. Wholesome yeah, he yeah, didn't mention the wholesome of... activities. He mentioned yeah. just the more nefarious uh, activities, yes. Absolutely, it makes it sound like everybody on the sh cruise ship is going to hell except for the crew. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of it. I mean, he's basically saying you are members of the crew, you're held to a higher standard, you have a higher responsibility, you can't participate in the things that the passengers are doing because you know better. You have a mission that you need to fulfill. And part of that is serving those other people who are passengers. That's what's so strange to me about this analogy. Yeah, it, it, somehow you're privileged to be able to be the one who gets to uh, run the engine room <laughs> and yeah. make the dinners and serve the dinners and clean the bathrooms. Uh, yeah. but you were chosen, and so you have a higher duty because you're part of the crew, which he said that we made that you made that commitment to be a member of the crew, but you just showed up to go on a cruise on all of a sudden you, you it, were volunteered to be a member of the crew. It, it's one of those situations where I'm sure it's a covenant path kind of a thing where, you know, you made the decision early on age eight, and now you're kind of held to that or even prior to that, because I believe the covenant path actually stretches back beyond, you know, before baptism, you hear people say, well, you decided that in the premortal existence. So I think that, you know, you rolled the die, you were the crew member long before you even came to earth. You had signed up to be a member of that crew. And he, he makes you feel the shame and guilt that, hey, you signed up to be the crew right. member. You, uh, you now have a higher responsibility than That's everybody right. else. They all they're all going to be partying and playing and drinking and going to the shows, but you, you get to serve the food. <laughs> <laughs> well, now see, one of my favorite shows when I was growing up was The Love Boat. And I have to say that on The Love Boat, the crew, which, you know, of course, would be Isaac and Gopher. This is really dating me. I know half of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But it was one of my favorite shows. I learned the facts of life from that show. If it weren't for that, I mean, who knows where I'd be today. But, <laughs> but on the love boat, it seemed like the crew did have a good time. However, I feel like on, let's call it the Lord's boat, on the Lord's boat, I don't know if the crew is going to have such a great time. <laughs> I think they're probably going to bed early, reading their scriptures yeah. uh, before they go to bed. Yeah. I think that's some of the things expected of the crew. Yep. And I think we all, anyone who's been on a cruise ship kind of has an idea that uh, the crew can have a, they work really hard, but they also, right. from what I've heard, they party pretty hard too. Yes. And there's a lot of drinking, a lot of gambling, a lot of uh, uh, cheating, I guess, because <laughs> a lot of them are away from their home for nine, 10 months at a time. Okay. Uh, so the crew isn't the perfect uh lord's crew i don't think that right. sets up doesn't sound like most ship crews that i know of yeah which is why it's such a strange analogy all around none of the characters he's representing really seem to be who they really are and it still doesn't make any sense so all right let's roll the next part of the talk maybe it will 
Maybe some light will be shed. We now have expectations passengers do not have. And before we become discouraged by all the extra obligations, let's remember that crew members get something that other passengers don't get. Oh, well, there it is. is. I I don't know. (laughs) They get something that's going to make it all worth it. I mean, think about this. They arrived. They thought they were going on vacation. Instead, they're scrubbing the deck. They're cleaning toilets. But it's okay because there's something that they get. So this must be it. Must be. Compensation for their compensation as we keep they get compensation for uh the work that they do uh now if i were to go on a cruise ship and i'm going as a passenger i'm not really expecting compensation i'm expecting fun right Uh, but these guys yeah they went to have fun but boy they're gonna get they're gonna get paid now to do all of these tasks uh lord's compensation it's probably a pretty good program It doesn't make sense, though, because you already paid to go on the cruise, just like everybody else paid. So then you're not getting the benefit or what you paid for at all. You're working instead, but then you're told that you are going to get, what, a paycheck? I'm sure it won't be anything compared to what you paid to go on the cruise. That's the part that doesn't compute exactly for me. Well, every cruise I've been on, uh, the crew, uh, other than perhaps the few officers and the and the a person that does the entertainment, those people, most of the other people are all taken from third world countries and are paid a very small wage. It's good for them based on what they can make in their own country, but it is not by any means uh, a livable wage in the United States or in many of the developed countries in the world. So looks like we're going to get some compensation. I hope it's worth it. Our covenants with God. There is nothing we could ever be asked to do in Christ's church for which we have not already been well compensated for. Wow. What did he say there? Now I'm really confused. So they're going to get compensation. However, they have already, simply by being members, they have already been compensated. Yeah, it sounds like by being the crew, you're already compensated and there's nothing more you can ask for, but you're going to be compensated. Evidently, you're compensated by being picked by the Lord to be on this crew. (laughs) It's getting more muddy for me, actually. I'm understanding it less and less as it goes on. Yes, it absolutely uh, just doesn't make sense. Uh, And this is why so many people are talking about this. Exactly. In fact, there have been some really funny comments about it. I posted a little bit about it on social media and somebody said something like, well, I mean, the crew and the passengers, they start in the same place and they're going to the same place. So really, there's no difference. They're going to end up in the same place regardless. So this person said, I'd rather be a passenger. <laughs> and I, I can think, kind of see that. I think every one of us would. We can sit yeah. there and get a pedicure, go to the gym, get a massage and get there. Or we can do all the work the whole time and not enjoy any of the vacation simply to get to the other end and get compensated. Why did we buy the ticket in the first place if all we were going to do is get more money? but not take a vacation. The whole analogy falls apart here. It does. We have been given a birthright. Think of it. Of all the people on the earth, God looks to us, the children of the covenant. 
covenant, his crew members, to help save the world. Wow. <laughs> now that's something. I just have to say that every time he says children of the covenant very seriously, I think of children of the corn. Again, that probably dates me, but you know, that was that was a big movie in the 80s. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, the whole thing, the birthright, the covenant, the saving the world. What do you think about all of that? Well, he seems to make a, a loop there. He, yeah. he says uh, that, that you're going to be compensated. And the way that you're going to be compensated is you're going to be you're going to get a birthright. And the birthright is the fact that you now are his covenant people, which means that you get to be his crew. So you get to be his crew so that you get compensated. You get compensated by getting the birthright, which allows you to be his crew. And that's your compensation. It seems to be a big circle. So it's basically the compensation you were, is you were, that you're on his crew. <laughs> so it's kind of like you were chosen because you were chosen. Is that what it is? That, that's exactly how it sounds to me. Uh, the logic make just makes sense. no sense that uh, you, you, you went to get on a cruise and here you are ending up with this great birthright from the, from the Lord and that you get to be on his crew and you got to work the whole way across the ocean while everybody else played. And that seems to be the message that he's sending out there. That's why I'd be curious to see if they would have panned the audience, some of the expressions on the faces of the graduates, you know, if they were loving it, eating it up, going, this sounds incredible. I, I get to scrub floors and clean bathrooms. And I decided to do that before I was ever born. I mean, or are they going, this sounds familiar. This is what I have been doing. <laughs> Or, I, or are think, some of them a little perplexed, just going, I'm not quite sure. I'd like to know some of the reactions of the people in the audience. Yeah, I think they may be saying, well, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, the that sounds about people, right. I get to clean the church every Sunday. <laughs> well, and somebody else made the comment that this is very reminiscent of Sea Org. If you're familiar with that, that is an organization associated with Scientology. They have, I believe it's a fleet of cruise ships that, that go around and people are assigned to work on them or sometimes put there as punishment. And they basically do just run the whole ship, very you know menial, difficult tasks. And basically they are told you're the chosen ones, you're here on Sea Org, you're going to save the world. Yeah, it sounds extremely familiar, almost identical. So I don't know if Brad, what brother Wilcox is trying to tell everybody we're actually Sea Org or what he's trying to say, but it's very confusing. It, it doesn't seem like too many cruise ship uh, crews actually save the world. I haven't seen a lot of the world being saved by cruise ship crews, but I guess he's saying the passengers didn't drown and the passengers are all of us and therefore you saved the world by being the crew on the ship. Maybe. And then you have to look at it like the passengers, they don't know that they need to be saved. I mean, they're too busy having a great time with family, reading a book in a lounge chair, you know, um, eating at the buffet. They have no idea what danger they're in. You know, thank goodness for this little crew. You know, he made it sound like there's only a few of you handpicked you know, thank goodness that they're the ones that are going to make sure that the passengers make it through safely. The passengers are oblivious. They're just living their life. One thing is, though, the crew makes a large portion of their living actually comes from the passengers and the tips that they pay for them to, to help <laughs> serve them. So uh, there you have it. The world is tipping uh, you and helping you uh, 
make a better life, I guess. It's a whole nother level. And I feel like we might start seeing t-shirts that say Jesus's crew or something on it. Do you think <laughs> maybe there'll be some merch possibly that's going to come out? I'm not sure. Like I said, it's the Lard's boat, right? That's <laughs> the Lord's boat. Yeah, I would wear a t-shirt that said the Lard's boat. That's right. I would. <laughs> and I think the other thing that we have to point out is that this is not the first time that the analogy of a cruise ship has been used in a talk by a leader. So back in 2011, President Uchtdorf in the April conference priesthood session also used the analogy of somebody on a cruise ship, but it was used in a very different way. In fact, I think it was almost used in the opposite so basically, it's the story of a man, you can see there uh, in the shared screen, who saves all his money to go on a cruise. And cash is still tight. He just went on the cruise to be able to visit the different cities that the boat was going to stop at. So he stays in his cabin the whole time, and he eats beans and crackers and powdered lemonade. He doesn't ever go to the buffet he doesn't ever go to any of the activities because he knows it's going to be too expensive. And so he's trying to save money just so he can see these ports of call. And he's just kind of hunkered down in his room, eating everything that he brought in a suitcase. So that's kind of the beginning of the video. And we're going to show you just the final clip here with um, the impact of the story. So on the last day of the cruise, a crew member asked him, which of the farewell parties he would be attending. It was then that the man learned that not only the farewell party, but almost everything on board the cruise ship, the food, the entertainment, all the activities had been included in the price of the ticket. Too late, the man realized that he had been living far beneath his privileges. Uh, devastating. And a totally different analogy. What do you make of that one? Yeah, completely different. And it seems that the passenger is the one who has all the privilege, not the crew, according to uh, President Uchtdorf in his talk. So uh, in this case, it seems the complete opposite of what Brother Wilcox, it sounds like the correlation committee didn't do their job here in correlating <laughs> whether a passenger is a good person or the crew is the is the good person here because they clearly make it sound in this one that the privilege goes with the passenger, which I would agree with President Uchtdorf that the passenger is the more privileged person on the ship. That's right. Are we supposed to be the passenger? Are we supposed to be the crew? You're absolutely right. The correlation department needs to make that determination for us. And I have to say, it's interesting that President Uchtdorf would use a ship analogy when he usually uses, what is it? An airplane analogy, right? So Either way, he's the captain. So either way, he's the captain. So, but you know, I like this one better because it's, and to me, I mean, I think both of these analogies are more spot on, but in a way that they were not meant when they were presented. Do you know what I mean? Because to me, this one means, you know, a lot of people who spend their life in a high control, high demand situation, they are just in their cabin and the world is going by and wonderful experiences and enjoyment, things that you put on hold 
hold maybe for the next life and you're missing all of that. So that's kind of how I took that analogy. I know that's not how President Uchtdorf meant it, but that's what it meant to me. What do you think about that? No, I agree. And likewise, uh, the analogy by Wilcox, although it's not uh, very conducive to the point he was trying to make, it almost makes the the opposite point that, hey, you get to come and work and not get any pleasure or any fun out of this life. And maybe, you know, in the end, you'll be compensated on the other end somehow. Uh, but you're going to miss all the joy and fun and all that privilege that we just heard about in President Uchtdorf's talk. So it seems that they both have a realistic slant on them. But again, President Uchtdorf's an apostle. Uh, Brother Wilcox is just in the Young Men's Presidency. So I think I'll go with President Uchtdorf on this one. Okay, there it is. We've decided. So we're going to disregard, <laughs> maybe not disregard, take with a grain of salt uh, Brad Wilcox's analogy of the cruise ship, and we're going to go with President Uchtdorf's. And that's it. We would encourage all of you to actually watch um, the entire talk that Brad Wilcox gave, because there's a lot more to it. And it's very telling in a lot of ways. And like I said, it's been discussed quite a bit on, on social media, just with people trying to, I don't know, wrap their heads around exactly what he was trying to, to get across. So any final thoughts? about either of the talks or cruises in general. <laughs> I, yeah, I encourage the, to watch the talk because it is very unique. As you watch it, you sit there and go, this is a commencement ceremony? Yeah. It, it seems really strange for a commencement, story, uh, commencement speech, but it's only about 15 minutes long. Yeah. So it's not very long. Right. Anyone can watch it. And the, the song, I Am a Child of God, he rewrote the words, but... Uh, uh, there's there's one or two places where it just doesn't quite fit. You can tell that the the congregation struggled a little bit to fit those words in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess the question is, will they adopt those new words? It would be what, the fifth verse or the fourth verse? I can't remember how many verses there actually are of a child of God, but they definitely wanted to, he said, there's never been one written about that we are children of the covenant. And again, that's a, a phrase that we're hearing over and over. 10 years ago, I think it was about, or maybe less, we started hearing covenant path. And I think all of us recognized, oh, okay, this is, this is going to be big. This is what they're going to be talking talking about. And we've seen, as we've discussed before, the covenant path stretching back to baptism, you've already decided. And now to the pre-mortal life, you've already signed up for this. So you're in this, honey. Sorry. That kind of a, an attitude, right? And so now you are actually being labeled yourself personally as a child of the covenant, which hammers home even farther. This is who you are. This is what you need to do. There's no question. And your whole purpose in life is to save the world as a child of the covenant, no matter what sacrifice you have to make to do it. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line. I think we debunked it. So I think now I wish I had a, like a little Mai Tai or something to drink, but I don't. All we have is this and that pineapple. So Well, we are children of the covenant, so we have we to were and, yeah, and probably still are children of the covenant. That's right. So we're on that path. So anyway, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And take a listen to the entire um, talk from President Wilcox. You can find it. Just Google President Wilcox, BYU, Idaho commencement speech. It was on April 6th. So don't forget to like and subscribe. And Press the notification bell if you would like to receive indications when another episode of Mormonish drops. So bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, 
and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.